0: Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thank you for joining me. Our guest today is Lewis Howes. He's an online marketing expert, sought-after business coach and webinar host, popular speaker, and lifestyle entrepreneur. Lewis is also a former pro football player and current national champion in team handball. He's the host of the School of Greatness Podcast and Lewis was recognized in a 2013 White House ceremony by President Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the country under the age of 30. Now, Lewis doesn't know this, but he actually planted the seed in my brain for starting a podcast. Um, He had told me at one point about his podcast, The School of Greatness, and the tremendous opportunities for growth in this space, and it really got me thinking. And well, here we are. Now, you're gonna love listening to Lewis. Uh, He is very inspiring, full of energy, to say the least. In this interview, you're gonna learn the very strange way that the two of us met, very strange. Uh, Lewis also shares the book that changed his financial life forever and his So Money moment when he earned more than $6,000 in one hour. Uh, Yeah, and to use Lewis's own words, when that happened, he quote began screaming like he won the World Series. I was literally running around the house half naked. So that's Lewis in a nutshell. <laughs> and I'm sure you're hungry for more at this point, so I'm just gonna stop talking and let the interview uh, let the interview run. Here we go. Here's Lewis House. Lewis House, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to So Money.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Do you remember when we first met? We met. I,
1: I do. You're pregos.
0: <laughs> I was a week from giving birth, and I walked yeah. into this dinner party for our mutual friend Selena, and there you were in your uh, in your height and your you just you, you're just uh, I couldn't my instantly I was drawn to you. I was like this guy. I think I, I felt like I knew you actually. Mm. Um, I don't know. And uh, what was the first thing you did when we said hello?
1: I think I rubbed your belly. (laughs) Yes. I put my head down there and I was like listening (laughs) to your belly. You're probably like, who is this tall, weird man?
0: But you know what? I didn't run away. I was like, this guy's sure. interesting. And um, <laughs> we chatted some more, and I just felt like you are truly, truly inspiring. You have an amazing level of energy, and it's obvious in all the work that you do uh, that you're touching many lives, and I'm just happy to have you on the show because I think a lot of our listeners will be able to learn from you. You have a podcast. You're an executive business coach. You're doing extremely sure. well in your businesses. You, you coach others on how to make money yep. and keep it. Um, yep. What do you think helped you along the way?
1: You know, I I grew up the, the baby of the family. I was a child of uh, four, the youngest of four. And when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot. We were like, uh, you know, I was always getting my brother's hand-me-downs or whatever. And I remember we didn't have like <clears throat> Nintendo was big when I was a kid and like the original Nintendo. And i uh we couldn't afford one so i was like try to go to my friend's house to, to play nintendo or whatever and just try to have something that was cool right i had a little yellow truck that was i would Aww. put my that i would that <laughs> put my knee on i vividly remember this i had a yellow truck i guess it wasn't that little it was big at the time i would use it as like a skateboard i would put my knee on it and like push off and like ride around in this yellow dump truck and for me that was like my toy that was my that was my nintendo it 's like all I had, so I ran around a lot I played a lot outside that 's why I got good at sports because i didn 't have a lot of uh, we didn 't have a lot of money to go do things when I was younger. My father uh, you know he had kids when he was he had his first child when he was nineteen my, my parents when he was in college, and then he had three more within the next ten years, so he was always catching up until I was about fourteen fifteen. Uh, he started to really make money, and it started to pay off. All his hard work started to pay off, and he started to make passive income. And I, I, so I went from being uh, in my youth to not really having any money and being okay with it, to then all of a sudden my dad being able to fly me around, and then I went to a private school, and he was able to buy me you know clothes and nice things every now and then. Nothing like crazy, but just like essentials that were comfortable. And I remember being like, "Wow, this is pretty nice." Like. He like upgraded his house and he can fly me around. I'm going to this private school and he's able to buy me dinners. I was like, this feels pretty comfortable, but I never, I never needed it because I was always used to having not that much and being okay with it. And then when I got out of college, my dad um, got injured and he had a, a pretty bad car accident where he was in a coma for three months he uh they had to cut open the car, evacuate him in a helicopter, send him to a hospital. We didn't know if he was gonna live or die. He was in New Zealand, so it was just like trying to communicate uh and hear what was happening at the time. He was on vacation and um he pretty much had he had to sell his company, um, and he's never been the same since. So he hasn't been able to work since. And I remember thinking to myself, I had this backup plan. Like I was gonna go play Pro Sports, and then my dad kept telling me, Hey, come work for me. And you can take over my company on someday if you want to. So it was always this backup plan in the back of my mind. Like, I don't really need a plan A uh, after sports because I've got this. And when he got in his accident and all of his money was gone um, and his business was gone, it was kind of like, holy crap! I've got to learn how to make money on my own now. I've got to learn how to make it, and save it, and grow it. And so for a couple of years after I was done playing professional football, I was injured, sleeping on my sister's couch. And I remember not knowing how to make a dime. I had no clue how to make money. I would worked as like a truck driver, driving from Columbus, Ohio to Cincinnati and back every single day, uh, driving Napa Auto Parts, if anyone knows what Napa Car Parts is. And I was driving every day. I was bouncing on the weekend <clears throat> at a club, three nights uh, on a weekend, making like a hundred bucks a night or something. But I was trading my time for dollars. And I was working really hard and it sucked for me. And so I put all my energy into uh, learning how to make money as an entrepreneur and not having to trade time for money and then learning how to I would just consume information I would ask experts about how to grow my money where to save my money where to put it and I made some a lot of stupid mistakes and I still probably make mistakes of where I'm investing and saving and growing and you know I'm not leveraging as much of the tax um, breaks as I probably could but I'm constantly learning constantly growing trying new things and uh, at least i saving a lot and investing a lot that I'm never going to touch.
0: You know, there are people who have life happen to them, and then it sounds like you're really making life happen for yourself. And I can relate to a lot of your story because my mm. parents, my mom wasn't also 19 when she had me. My parents were not financially comfortable when they when I was born. and But through their hard work and through their determination, I was able to see the other side of that by the time I was in my teens. So I got to see how hard work pays off and, and the importance of protecting your money. Making money, first and foremost, is very important. People sometimes in this nation, yeah. when they come to me and they have savings problems and financial problems, what they really have is an income problem. Right. Right? I mean, you can nickel and dime your budget for all you for till the cows come home but at the end of the day why not just make more money why not just make more money and and some and you know that's a lot easier i think um yeah. it, it sounds a lot harder but actually in mm. practice it could be more enjoyable first and foremost yeah. and simpler so thanks for sharing that because um sure. and i had no idea about your father i i hope that he yeah. is in, you know doing better and it sounds like you have a pretty close family so yeah
1: um, I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Now, let's get a little philosophical, Lewis. us have you share your biggest personal financial philosophy, like a money mantra that helps guide your, your financial decisions?
1: Um, I, I just tell myself uh, that I live in a world of abundance and if I continue to believe that I am abundant and that money will always flow to me if I continue to give more value to the world. Uh, Than it always does. At least I figure out a way to make it happen. So as opposed to thinking of oh, I got to save or I can't spend on this right now, or uh, you know, I got to put put money into my taxes right now, or I shouldn't invest in this, or I don't have the money, or I can't hire this new employee. Instead, I'm thinking I live in a world of abundance. Money is going to constantly flow as long as I give more value to people, and um, that's just the way I think. And it hasn't always been that way, you know. I've definitely lived in a scarce mindset where I was afraid. When I was working uh, as a truck driver and as a bouncer, I was like scared to lose money, and that mentality kept me in that situation. It kept me living in fear, kept me uh, broke, and um, you know, living on my sister's couch for two years because I didn't know how to make money, and I was living in this mindset of. Fear about money, so once I started to shift it and say okay i 'm just going to give and give and give so much value, like just blow the roof up on uh, on value and just give it to people, and then figure out how to capture the value. This is the challenge I think <clears throat> money comes to people when um, money comes to people when they 're ready for it, and when they um, deliver so much value and they understand how to capture that value. this is what i 've learned at least. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I'm really ready to make money. I'm so broke right now. I'm ready to make it. But if I would have had a lot of money coming in with that mindset that I had, the scarce mindset, I probably would have just blown all the money or I wouldn't have known how to use it in a way to be useful to the world. Mm -hmm. And once I started to uh, become ready to receive it, like my mentality changed, the energy that I was using, money changed, what I was using it for shifted. That's when it started, that's when I became ready for it and it started to flood, like it flooded my bank account when that happened. And I was like, is this even real life? I couldn't even believe it because I remember I was just so broke and then um, I started making a little bit of cash throwing these events around the country, I did 20 events around the country, these like networking events. And I would just bring 300 to 500 people together every night Uh, for these events and I was just all I was trying to do was connect people and add value to the community and I remember it was making me me maybe 2,000 or 3,000 on a great night like hustling for a month to promote one event and then showing up and doing all this work bringing people together I started to learn how to leverage um, getting sponsors I started uh, charging people, people to come into the door I started uh building my relationships with the, the restaurants that I was these, hosting these events at and I would say, hey, can you give me a commission on our all food and bar sales? I started to like, I created a book to sell to people. I started doing consulting. I started to get referral fees for connecting people. So I started to learn how to add more value in different ways. And I remember when I did my first webinar, but I was like really hustling and it was like a struggle. When I did my first webinar, I made probably three times more money than I'd ever thought uh, I'd make on any one event in an hour. And then it just started flooding in. The more I did those, it just started flooding. And I was like – I felt like the richest man in the world. And um, it all shifted when my mindset shifted. And I started thinking of how can I serve people and how can I add value. And um, I live in a world of abundance.
0: I love that. And it's not a coincidence that I hear this from some of the most successful people I've interviewed on this podcast from uh, you know entrepreneurs, authors, uh, even some celebrities, you know, they they tell me that coming from a place of abundance and gratitude, yes, um, that is kind of the zone in which you, when you're in that zone, everything else, the chips fall into place, and including income and money. So, yeah. it's it's nice to hear that repeated because I think um, it is true. It is absolutely true.
1: Right. Money
0: memories, Lewis. Money memories. You've already taken us down memory lane a little bit with you and little Lewis with his truck. Um, Although I can't imagine a little Lewis. How tall are you? I'm 6'4". Okay. Yeah. Um, And even bigger in personality. So take us back to a a separate money memory. It could have been even just a month ago. But the point here is that I want you to share with us an experience, a financial experience, that has helped to... Shape in some way your mindset about money.
1: Mm, I'll talk about one that I guess I want to say it's negative, but a one that was a lesson that taught me something where it was a loss. It ended up being a win, so I put money into like a, an investment and. I think about 2 years ago and it lost money. It went I put like 50,000 in let's say and I lost like 10,000 within the first couple of months. And I remember I was like and I never really put that much money into an investment before and I was just like, you know, still learning things and trying to figure it out. And I remember being like, okay, I'm taking this out. And I took it out. And a friend of mine who had been in this investment for 20 years was like, "Listen, this you know, for me, every single year on average, it's grown 16%. And he's like, I don't know a better investment that you can go with. 15, 16% on average over the last 20 years is incredible. And I was like, he was like, but some years it's gone down a lot. And he's like, you just have to trust and keep it in for the long haul. And I was living a, in a different mind space. I was living out of fear. I was like, no, I'm going to lose it all and I'm going to take it out. And then I'm going to just hoard it or do whatever. And, um, and I remember coming back to him like a year later. He was like, you know that went back up, and you just have to stick it out, and you have to think of this as a long-term investment. You can't just be living in fear. you got to put it in and keep putting more in over 20 years, and it's going to continue to grow. It's been my best investment, and I have multiple investments. And um, that taught me a lesson. It was like, okay, I can't be living in fear and be living in, like, uh, in the moment with my money. I need to really think of a plan for what I want for the future. And there can be some money where I put it away that uh, is <clears throat> that I may lose all of it. And that's okay. I need to create like a bucket of money that I can play with and be riskier with some of my investments or with my time or whatever it may be. But then <clears throat> other investments I need to really be strong with and consistent with and allow it to grow and, and go up and down how it's going to go and not even worry about it. And just say that I'm not going to look at it. Like some, Once a year I'll look at it. And, um, you know, unless something crazy happens, I'm going to keep it in for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a good lesson to understand about the mindset of how money grows and and, uh, and uh, decreases, I guess, and how to really put it into practice, how to uh, grow your money and not to live in fear or scarcity when it goes down.
0: And the really only way you can get there in order to kind of invest without fear and invest especially in speculative things without fear is to have a cushion, right? To have your financial mm-hmm. bases covered. People ask me this all the time. You know, I want to get into the investment world. How do I do it? And I say, well, you know, you got to start with what's smart and with what's relatively certain. And that is, you know, there. it's not investing in your friend's startup. Right. <laughs> you know, not. that shouldn't be your first investment right. strategy. I was worried where you were going with that story though. I was like, fifteen percent? <laughs> Is this a Bernie Madoff like pyramid scandal? All right, well let's talk <laughs> financial fails. Because, you sure. know, we're 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 already talking about some disappointing times. Um a financial failure, what did you learn? And also, Lewis, what's the dumbest thing you ever bought?
1: You know, I don't really buy too many dumb things. Uh, I live a pretty simple life, except for having a a nice apartment, I guess, in L.A. I don't like buy things. I buy experiences and trips, but I, I don't even buy like first class or you know anything crazy like that. So um, <clears> how <throat> much thing I bought? I've got my car was $4,000. That's a 1991 Cadillac and I paid 4000 for it. I guess it's kind of dumb because I have to spend 4000 to fix it now. Because it's not brand new. So maybe that's a dumb investment. But I don't know. It's still only
0: $8,000 at the end of right. the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I don't think I've spent anything dumb, money on anything dumb. I bought a $400 pair of sunglasses last week that made me actually really sick to my stomach for oh. buying them. Because my, uh, my other glasses broke when I was on a trip in Mexico recently. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need a new pair of Ray Bans. And my other ones that I bought were like 150 And I was looking for the same pair. And they, the same place I went to did not have them. And they had, like, all these other styles that they didn't like. And they were like, try these. These look great on you. And I got suckered in. I was like, wow, I do look good. I
0: have a and, folder. Uh, yeah, designer sunglasses go into the financial failure folder. Right?
1: It's, like, the worst investment. Oh. I was like, I should just get a $20 pair of sunglasses, $20 pair of sunglasses that look the exact same, that aren't polarized. Yeah. And I'll mm. be fine. But you so know that what? was that was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. But in terms of financial failures, I did a, I did a ten thousand dollar video shoot once.
0: Oh my gosh! Uh,
1: I, I wanted to a I wanted to do a, a TV a, show. Okay. I had this idea for a TV show, and I was like, oh, so. I was trying I tried pitching it on my own, and no one was picking it up. And I was like, screw everyone, I'm going to create it myself, and I'm just going to put it online. And I did this, and I probably spent ten grand in like two months. Uh, producing this thing and like trying to figure out how to do a, mo- uh, a TV show. And um, it never went anywhere. But I look at it as not a failure. I look at it as uh, a lesson because I it was like practice. It was like getting another master's in something else, in learning how to do video. And now I've done a lot of videos since then that I've used for my business. And uh, I've been in front of the camera a lot more, so it really helped me hone in on my skills. So I kind of look at it as like not a failure, but a lesson, and education.
0: Right, you didn't achieve the goal you thought, but it, right. it did give in many other ways. Exactly. That's great. Okay, so money moment. This is a time in your life where you had a financial win, and you've had a lot. So I want you to tell us about one special experience.
1: <sighs> hmm. I've got two stories. Do you want one or two? Give us both. Okay. So I briefly mentioned this, but I'll I'll tell you this one. Uh, Yeah, I was living on my sister's couch for about a year and a half, and then I was making money from these events I was doing, hustling around the country, throwing these events, and I was making a little bit of cash from them. So I upgraded from my sister's couch without paying rent for a year and a half to paying $250 a month in my brother's, renting a room from my brother's house. So i moved to my brother's house and I have a room, and I get invited to do a webinar, my first webinar. I never heard of what a webinar was. I've never really spoken in front of an audience before. And uh, I didn't have a product to sell. But I got on this webinar, and there were 500 people on there. And I taught them about LinkedIn, about how to grow your business and get a job using LinkedIn back in 2009. <clears throat> and I was really nervous. I remember I was sweating so much. And there was like... My whole body was sweating. I'm a, I'm a sweater in the first place. I'm a big guy, and I get hot. <clears throat> I get hot like walking out in the snow. I start sweating. So I'm in my, house, my brother's house. I tell them, I was like, you guys got to leave for the next hour and a half because I'm going to be on this webinar. I need silence. I need to be able to focus. And it was just me and the cats, right? They have two cats. And um, <laughs> I'm starting to sweat like pretty bad, and I'm a little nervous in the beginning. I start stumbling and, and mumbling over my words. But then I hit the flow. I hit the flow, but I'm like still sweating, and the sweat is just like pouring out of my pits. So I take my sh- <laughs> I take my shirt off in the middle of this thing. No one can see me. It's okay, just, I was gonna it's ask. It's just audio. It's just audio, so no one can see me. But I'm like uncomfortably sweaty. I take my I have like a white T-shirt on, so I take my shirt off, and I'm just trying to. It's in the middle of summer. I'm trying to like cool off in the Ohio humid heat. And at the end of the webinar, I had no clue what was going to happen. But at the end of the webinar, I offer like this advanced Lincoln, LinkedIn training that I was creating for people and it was like 150 bucks to get advanced LinkedIn training from me. And I closed down the webinar, I opened up my my email and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in the world. My entire email was full. Each line on all the emails that I could see on my screen said, you've received payment. And I open it up and see that there was $6,200 in my account instantly in an hour, just talking about LinkedIn for people. And I was screaming like I won the World Series. <laughs> I literally was running around the house half naked, With the sweaty. sweaty. I was throwing the cats <laughs> up in the air, jumping on the couch like Tom Cruise, excited about his Katie Holmes experience on Oprah. I was like screaming. <laughs> literally, if people saw me through the window, they probably thought I was the craziest man in the world, throwing these cats half naked up <laughs> in the air, up on the couch. And it was A moment that I felt like, wow, I really like made it. This was like, you know, $6,200, I made it. Like I've arrived and I'm the richest man in the world. And it was just like so many New
0: Balance sneakers.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. was so many more white t-shirts I can buy with this. (laughs) And um, it was was a really cool experience. So for me, that was like a moment that was a huge win for me because I never made that much money. I'd never seen that much money in my life. In my bank account, and uh, it was just like, "Wow, I'm I'm figuring it out. Like I'm hustling, and it's paying off. Wow. And it's proof of what I'm doing is working. After two years of being broke and hustling, so,
0: so you can sweat your way through your first webinar half naked, and you will make sixty-two hundred dollars. That's exactly. inspiration, man. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try the whole webinar thing in the new year, and I'll tell yeah. you how it
1: goes. Let me know. Yeah. The second win. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that
0: that could have just ended the show. I mean come right.
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> The second win. I'm a big vision guy. So I'm a big visualizer. I um since I, you know, I've been doing this since playing sports all through high school and college and pro. I visualize exactly what I want for my life, my the season uh to achieve that year, whatever it may be. I write my goals up, I frame them, I put a date of when they're gonna be achieved by. And then I sign it before this is all done. And I put it up on the wall as if it's it's a certificate of achievement that's already happened. And I look at it over and over and I visualize and I do the work to make it happen. I'm constantly watching game film. I'm constantly practicing and honing on my skills. I'm reverse engineering how to make it happen. I'm doing whatever it takes to make it happen. And I'm a huge visualizer. In 2008, I... Got injured playing football and, or excuse me, 2007. Got injured playing football and had to, uh, I was in a cast. I had to have surgery. I was in a cast for six months, a full arm cast. And during that Christmas, while I was in a cast of 2007 going into 2008, my brother gave me the best Christmas present I could have ever received. And it was a book called The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. And uh, I remember. I'm a, I'm a very slow reader, and I, it's hard for me to finish a book. But I read this book in three days, and it opened up possibilities for me. It just showed me what was possible. I didn't necessarily follow everything in the book, but it just showed me, wow, this is possible for me. And it showed case studies of what other people did. And I was like, wow, I can create this in my life. This is amazing. And I remember thinking to myself after I read this book and diving deeper into Tim's blog, and I'm friends with Tim now or, or buddies. I've had him on my show a few times. And I remember thinking to myself, Someday I'm going to become really good friends with Tim Ferriss. I'm going to write a book and inspire millions of people in the world. And I'm going to get a huge advance for this book. And it's a, it's going to become a New York Times bestseller. And this was 2007, Christmas. Now it's 2014, almost Christmas. And um, I have Tim Ferriss's agent as my agent. And... I um, inspiring millions of people through my podcast and I got a, a major book deal uh, for a book that's coming out next year so the process is happening and the the book advance uh, for me was was a huge win for me because so many people said you know if you if you get a hundred thousand dollars as a first time author that's like that's like really good or maybe two hundred thousand dollars is like very unheard of unless you're a celebrity. And uh, I crushed that number and got a major book advance and kind of shocked a lot of people along the process. And uh, for me, getting that first check, one of the first checks in my advance, that was the, first che- that was the biggest check, which is one of four checks, was the biggest check I've ever seen and ever received. And uh, you know, I've done millions of dollars in sales over the, over the years, but that one check was the biggest I'd ever brought in at one time. So for me, that was a big win as well.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I what appreciate is the,
0: What is the book?
1: It's the School of Greatness. It's the seven lessons to achieve greatness in your life. And it's pulling in from lessons and experiences of my life and uh, the common themes of all the greatest inspiring people that I've interviewed on my show.
0: Well, we'll have to have you back on when that gets out. Yeah. And, I would love to. Uh, okay. Your So Money Ritual, Lewis, something that you do, a habit. Whether it's daily, weekly, once in a while, that keeps you on the right path with mm. managing your money.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's uh, <clears throat> setting up a system and not even thinking about it. So you know, all my bills are paid automatically. All my uh, savings go into different accounts every month automatically for how much I want to put in that year. Uh, so everything is automatic. So I don't even think about it. It's just—it doesn't even stress about money anymore. I just think about. I know I'm taken care of. I know I have like a lot of money saved up. So if anything ever happens, like I'm good. I've got my, you know, million dollar insurance policy on me. So if anything happens to me, my family is taken care of or my future wife and kids are taken care of and I'm good there. So I'm putting all the fears aside by setting things up automatically and setting myself up to win.
0: Perfect. Financial cruise control. Okay, so this is what I call so money, fill in the blank. If I won the lottery tomorrow, and I'm talking big, big wins, like $100 bucks, I would, first thing?
1: uh, Find an advisor to, to support me on how to give away as much as possible and set myself up to win to achieve all my goals for the rest of my life.
0: The one thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is? People. And how do you do that?
1: Uh, really, people on my team, I would say. You yeah. know, pe- people that work with me to support my vision. They make my life easier. I have a full-time assistant who's here right now who makes all healthy meals for me every single day, who takes care of all my schedules, who manages my whole life. And and, and spending money on great people, for me, is makes my life really easy.
0: Outsourcing. Very, yeah. very smart. Okay, Louis, my biggest guilty pleasure that I spend <clears throat> a lot of money on... Maybe even too much money.
1: Hmm. Gelato?
0: Gelato. What's your favorite flavor?
1: Oh, uh, I love uh, uh, You're in New York, so if you ever go to In the uh, Greenwich Village there's a place called Dante's Cafe. The be- I've had gelato all over the world. Italy, every other country you can think of I've had gelato, Argentina, and it's the best gelato I've ever had, and every time I go to New York I just have to have it even though I don't want to eat as much sugar anymore as I do, but I love it. So I love, if you ever go to Dante's Cafe in Greenwich Village, uh, stracciatella and Tiramisu combo is unbelievable there.
0: All right, next time you're in the city, we'll have to go together.
1: Yes, I'm in.
0: Okay. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because...
1: Pencils of promise because I believe in education and um, I believe in... Providing education for our youth so that they can see what's possible for them to achieve their dreams in the future.
0: Okay, last question. I'm so money because?
1: I'm so money because I've got a big heart.
0: You do. You do. You absolutely do.
1: Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Lewis. We're going to be keeping yep. an eye on you. We're excited for your new book. Continuing to listen to your podcast, The School of Greatness, and um, I'll be sure to put all your links on the website so everyone can find you easily. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, appreciate it.
0: How about that, Lewis? Right? If you'd like to learn more about Lewis Howes, you can visit his website, lewishowes.com. His podcast. Highly recommend you subscribe, is the School of Greatness. Now, as always, you can just come on over to somoneypodcast.com. We've got lots of goodies. We've got the transcript. We've got the comments, the resources, the links mentioned in this episode, some free gifts. And I want to hear from you. Please submit your question about money, work, life, guests at somoneypodcast.com. As you know, Saturdays and Sundays, I take the time to take this podcast uh, uh to answer your questions, to engage more with you. So please let me know what's on your mind. What's you know what what you're scratching your head over and I will do my best to give you my best honest answer. Um, you can also tweet me at Farnoosh. Use the hashtag so money so I'll be able to find you. And uh, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been my interview with Lewis Howes. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Hope your day is so money.